Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, as part of our equal opportunity offending today, uh, during the State of the Union, President Biden addressed the fentanyl deaths uh, during the State of the Union. And many Republicans shouted out that it was on him. They needed to close the border. He blamed blamed the death uh, caused by the drugs. And yes, fentanyl is killing thousands of Americans every year. The question is, is it really an immigration issue? Is it an asylum issue? Uh, this is one of those think again kind of moments. And here to help us break all of that down, David Beers, the Associate Director of Immigration Studies at the Cato Institute. And uh, David, uh, you've written some some great things in terms of the reality of this. Uh, it's it's one more area where we allow the weaponization of words uh, to prevent us from having the conversation that would actually solve the problem. So here's one where everyone's saying, oh, the fentanyl problem is all about, you know, open border and immigration and asylum seekers. Uh, but the data says that's just not right. Yeah, that's right. The vast majority of fentanyl is seized at ports of entry, but being brought in by legal travelers, usually U.S. citizens. Um, and the reason for that is because most it's very difficult to inspect uh, vehicles coming across the border in a detailed manner enough to identify the drugs. So there's a very high probability of them getting across. Uh, Customs and Border Protection estimates that more than 90% of the drugs smuggled at ports of entry make it through. So given the high rate of success, uh, there's not much reason to send backpackers over. Of course, there's independent entrepreneurs that occasionally do do that backpacking trip. But for the most part, it's trafficked through these ports of entry. And so the end result is that about 86% of all of the trafficking convictions are of U.S. citizens. And the reason why the cartels hire the U.S. citizens is because they're subject to less scrutiny when they're crossing legally than other travelers. Uh, I'm just going to have you repeat that again for everybody, because, again, if you just stick with the headlines, uh, you'd think this was an immigration problem. Uh, But most of the fentanyl is coming across not just with Americans, but through the legal checkpoints. Right. So 90 percent of the seizures are are happening at the at the checkpoint at the the border crossing points or at uh, vehicle checkpoints, you know, down the road from those uh, crossing points and is not being brought in by people going through illegal migration routes. And it, and it makes sense to do that because so few vehicles are being inspected thoroughly and um, it's much easier to bring it in in bulk in a vehicle than, you know, to bring it across in a backpacker. Yeah. So is this really coming down to is it a is it a manpower issue? Is it a technology issue? Uh, is it just a, a focus issue uh, that we've got to change the dynamic of, of what's happening at those legal checkpoints coming across the border? Well, it's I mean, it's you know, you can describe it however you like, but it, it would be an enormous expenditure uh, costs in terms of trade and travel, um, both for U.S. citizens and for other lawful travelers. If we inspected every uh, wheel well uh, coming across the border. And so no one no one wants to do that. I mean, we already have massive backlogs of, of, of 
waiting to get into the United States legally, and it would be a huge uh, economic imposition um, to just you know inspect everything with a fine-tooth comb. And the reality of the situation is fentanyl, we think fentanyl, that's the most potent drug out there. Well, fentanyl wasn't around for a long time. It used to be heroin was the, right. the drug of choice. And when we closed off the ports of entry during the pandemic, what ended up happening was smugglers shifted from smuggling heroin to smuggling fentanyl because fentanyl is so much more potent. So they needed to do 50 fewer trips to, to supply the same market in the United States with fentanyl rather than with heroin. And so what we ended up seeing was a massive swing towards smuggling fentanyl as a result of those restrictions on legal travel at these ports of entry uh, during the pandemic. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Yeah. One of the other things that you've noted in, in your writing uh, is that we also need to remember that it's the – not only are the U.S. citizens the, the primary fentanyl traffickers, they're also the consumers. Yeah, that's right. So the best evidence you know, that we have on this is, says that about 99% of the consumers – are U.S. citizens. Um, and obviously, that's unfortunate because that means that 99% are the, you know, of the deaths caused by fentanyl are also U.S. citizens. But we have to understand that the ultimate cause of the trafficking and what's funding it and what is coming from drug consumers in the United States. So unless we address demand in the United States, we're going to have drug trafficking at the border. It's going to continue to be a problem. Yeah, I want to get to one last thing just real quickly before I let you go. Um, you, you also wrote something that you and your colleagues have been really warning about for years, uh, and that's this idea of, is it, you know, doubling down on the on the prohibition policies uh, hasn't led us to any better outcomes. Sometimes they're worse. Uh, and so what is the conversation that we should be having uh, as it relates to fentanyl? We need to be focusing on preventing people from harming themselves uh, through illicit drug use. And that means uh, harm reduction policies, making sure that you hear all these stories about kids who OD thinking they're, they're taking something else and ends up being fentanyl. We have fentanyl test strips that, that are prohibited in many places. We have a uh, DEA policy that prevents um, labs from testing uh, illicit drugs and, and giving people um, awareness of, of what they're taking. And these are the types of policies that get people killed. And so we need to reverse them and, and switch back to a policy that focuses on treatments and making sure that people can have the power to protect themselves um, from death and, and uh, over, overdosing on these drugs. Yeah. 
David Beers, the Associate Director of Immigration Studies at the Cato Institute. And David's really some important insight to us. We appreciate you weighing in and uh, helping getting the, the record straight in terms of getting past the rhetoric uh, from all of the politics of this. Uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course. Anytime. All right. Again, that's David Beer uh, from the Cato Institute. And so just to bring our hour full circle, we started the hour uh, talking about President Biden uh, and his uh, really irresponsible claim that Republicans are out to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. Uh, there's no legislative text. There's no plan out there. It's not a thing. Uh, and we watched the back and forth of that. We also saw in the State of the Union what we've just talked about when fentanyl was brought up as killing thousands of people. Republicans responded politically saying it was on the president's hand. It was because the borders are open or that we're not dealing with immigration properly. Uh, But the facts don't bear that out. Uh, Fentanyl is, by and large, being smuggled in by U.S. citizens for U.S. citizens. And so we have to keep rejecting the weaponization of words and the politicization of everything under the sun for those who want to stay in office, both sides. And we will continue to call it out. Left and right, equal opportunity offense, and we will also be equal opportunity commenders when they get it right. Left and right, Democrats and Republicans, because unless we can get past that and really divide the raid from the reason, we'll never get to the solutions the American people really need. All right, that wraps up hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. You want to stick around. We have an extraordinary interview coming up. Suzanne Kianpour on the women of Iran. Stay with us. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news.